Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we are talking with one of my wonderful guests and friends who's been here on the show a few times, Dr. Teresa Wee. She is a physician, pediatrician of almost 40 years. She is also an author of an internationally renowned book we've talked about, My COVID-19 Diary. And she's going to be talking with us today about a new project called Courage Poured Into My Heart, Stories of Grief, Hope, and Love. It's a book sold at the Downtown Art Gallery, but it really is a journey into how to address feelings in such a different medium that most people may not feel as familiar or comfortable with, and that is art and using art to express how we're doing. So I want to thank you for joining me today on The Body Show. Well, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for having me again. Let's talk a little bit about your art. I think sometimes when we're trying, when we're going through something very difficult, addressing it head on is very important. Yes. But sometimes finding another way to address it that may not be straightforward. You know, I mean, some people, art is their comfort zone. Others, it may be out of their comfort zone, but it's doing something that's helping them to process. Yeah, I think grief, grief is a process. It's not a curable disease. It's going to happen to each and every one of us if it's not already happened. I lost my husband, my business partner. Um, We were married for 30 years. This happened suddenly, unexpectedly 13 years ago. My whole world shattered. Um, I, I, no one in medical school taught me about how to deal with grief. No one in my family really wanted to talk about it. I felt so lonely and confused. But the nice thing was I, I happened to fall into a grief support group, which I wasn't even looking for, but someone had suggested, and I I went to it, and and that really saved me because there I was able to be with other people who have gone through loss, and they were willing to talk about their loss. And I, as I listened to their stories, I realized I wasn't alone. Just the fact that knowing that you're not alone, it was so important to me. I tell people, it's like you go to a foreign country. You don't you, you've never experienced this country. It's a foreign language. And you're so lonely and fearful by yourself. But when you have someone with you who has been there before, walking beside you, you'll figure it out with them. Do you think that combination of group support with the knowledge that, you know, I often think when you're dealing with a serious grief or loss, mm-hmm. You can express this to your friends. Yes. And at some point, they want you to be better. Yes. And I think in our our world today, it's like quick, instant. It's been a year. Get over it. Aren't you over it? Is there a timeline? There's no timeline. It's it's a process. You know, you know, grief is the opposite side of a coin of love. And and we have to accept it and we have to, like you said, we have to walk through that firestorm. There's no way out of it. If we sweep it under the rug, it's going to surface in other areas sooner or later. Now, how long did it take 
for you from when you had a loss to go into a grief support group? Was this something that was immediate? Did it take a while? What was that journey like? I think it was a God intervention. I had no intention of ever going to a grief support. It. I didn't even know what that was. But I just happened to have a friend who suggested it. So one day I'm driving to visit my mom and I said, I think it's today. And I just, my car went to the parking lot. And at the time it was being held at Kaiser Moana Law. And I said, I don't even know what time it is. And I went in there and they had big signs saying grief support this way. So I looked through the, peeked through the window and everyone was laughing and there was food and I said, okay, so I started walking away. And the facilitator, Pastor J.P. Sabbath, he stuck his head out. He said, are you looking for grief support? And I said, I guess I am. <laughs> so I tell people it, it, was just, it was just meant to be. And that first day, it was just about a, uh, two months after Steve passed away. And I just, and I felt so good. I cried. I, I just told everyone my story and you know it's been 13 years and I still go to that grief support I think that I keep the people ask me why do you still keep going and I I think when when I tell my story I think I I always heal a little bit and I also feel that it's really wonderful it's a good feeling to know that I'm walking beside someone who also has a fresh loss well, and it's what a wonderful opportunity to share how you can walk through yes, and get to another side of this. You know, I often think people don't get over no. serious major loss in their life. They learn to live with it. Right. And you, from that initial time, it's funny because you say they were laughing and there was food. I'm like, well, I would have gone in and been <laughs> like, yay, what's to eat? And so that was that was what was deterring you. But once you started coming... It sounds like this was, you met your tribe. That I call them my second family. And, you know, people come and go, but, you know, there's a few steadies. And, and like I said, I may not go every month, but I try to go and I try to share my story. And, and I, we call it moving forward with grief, not moving on, on with grief. And, and grief will always be with you. But I realized that you know, I am the person I am today because of what, how my husband, Stephen, influenced me. And I'm so grateful now. I look back and the memories are happy and grateful. But immediately after his death, there, there was no happiness. There, there was no gratefulness at the time. What were some of the interactions that the other people in the group had with you? that helped you to decide to keep coming back in the very beginning? You know, I, I think they understood what I was going through. I, I was angry. I was so sad. I go, how, did, how am I going to live the next 40 years? They said, take it five minutes at a time. Take it one day at a time. You know, it, it was just solid advice. And, you know, there are, are many uh, grief support groups in on Oahu. So... I really, you know, suggest that, of course, see your therapist, talk to your therapist. But for me and for many people, grief support has been a lifesaver. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to continue discussing with Dr. Teresa Wee how grief support 
led her to finding ways to use art as a method to help herself express joy and grief and loss, but also help others as well. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with physician, author of an internationally renowned book, My COVID Diary, and wonderful pediatrician of almost 40 years, Teresa Wee. And we're talking today about an experience of grief that led her to find a new medium to help with healing, and that is through art. So right before the break, we were talking about your entry into yes. a grief support group that a friend serendipitously told you to go to. Your car drove there. The signs yes. were all over. <laughs> you went in and you started to meet with people who understood the idea of loss mm -hmm. and how to work with the loss. Yes. And and then it turns out the facilitator are artists. And so, you know, we would go to these grief support groups and they would have art projects. And I said, oh, my gosh. I haven't done art. I'm a physician. <laughs> We're I not am, that good at art. No. Have you I, seen our handwriting? <laughs> it is not a pretty sight. But it was it was an avenue of expression, you know. Um, and and so I, I would I would pour my whole heart into cre you know like they give you a blank canvas. Okay, draw something. And I'm like ah. <laughs> oh, that would freak me out immediately. Draw something like okay, you need to give me a topic. So so you just kind of went for it, you know. I just and and they would even take pictures of me because I was so intense but it was it was a running joke but but the art really helped me to express and and that this is a comp in this book it's a compilation of many people's art projects which is really fantastic and a short description of their story but but it it, it doesn't have to be art it could be through writing you know and and again um you can always um, journal. Uh, also, reading. I, I would I would read books. Um, just reaching out to people and telling telling them what you need and and you know grief is like a handprint. It's so different for everyone, but definitely give art a try. I think there's something about working with your hands. Yes, and that connection between what your hands are doing, what your brain is doing, that whole process kind of starts to invigorate different pathways in your brain that are not things you might use regularly. Yeah, and I think you're you're concentrating on creating something and you know, you you put that sorrow aside and and then you let the expression come out through your hands. I I don't know what it is, but but it worked. It works or or writing poetry. That was another thing someone else was doing and um, write a haiku or singing or dancing. You know, there, there are many ways of, of getting that expression out. But I think we have, to, we have to find the right medium for ourselves. And we can try different things and see what suits us. But, but grief, you know, even to this day, grief comes like waves. And there will be times when I hear a song 
and I'll just start crying. It was our anniversary song, or uh, you know, but but I accept. I take every opportunity to cry. That's what I learned. And um, Helen Keller had this saying, you know, what we once cherished and loved deeply, we can never lose because it's become a part of us. And you know, it it does. It takes time, but as you take those baby steps, you you begin to realize how much that loved one, you, you get to a place of gratefulness. But initially it is hard, it is so hard. You're in this whirlwind, you're in this dark tunnel, and you think you can never come out. And I remember being at the bottom of the pit saying, how am I gonna get out of this? And it was in that quiet moment when I finally realized I need to ask questions like, what am I going to do now that he's gone? How, who am I going to be without him? Why not me? You know, um, instead of why me? I, I finally understood that, okay, I'm going to build a new foundation. I'm going to see who I am without him. I'm starting a new life. And, and that really helped me because, you know, I, I accepted the pain and, and I said, I want to, I still want to leave. What would Steve have wanted me to do? He would want me to live my life fully. I want to honor him by living my life fully now. And I picked myself up and I said, okay, you know, I, I almost became fearless. And I said, this is what I want to do. I want to restart a new practice at 57. You know, I'm going to spend $2 million, and if the banks will loan me money, I'll buy a new building, you know, start my new office. I almost felt the preciousness of life. I think his death, the silver lining is, I understood the preciousness of each day, and I wake up with a purpose, like a purpose... Like, I never had this feeling before, but I want to I wanna go out there, and so many people have helped me come up to this point that I want to help others now. That's when you, you know that you've been able to take that journey, mm-hmm. and you're ready when you're ready to, to walk by somebody else and hold their hand. Exactly. Now, a lot of people are still reeling from what's going on, they're... COVID has changed people's lives. There are still some effects from COVID, work from home. People have lost loved ones. They've missed graduations or family parties or family events or even family funerals. And now we have even more disturbing things going on in the world. I look at, you know, what happened in Lahaina. I look at what's going on in the news. You turn Mm -hmm. on the news. I mean, I want to turn it off because there's always some very serious major event going on in the world and you know that people are suffering yeah. and there is loss. What are some things that you can teach parents and families to do to help address some of these issues? Because, you know, I remember being a kid and everything seemed to be going pretty well. I watched cartoons. I watched the Brady Bunch. You know, I don't remember watching the news or yeah. certainly didn't have social media or things on phones or all these different portals of information. How do you address that with your parents of your practice? You know, I've seen so much mental health with all of the problems that we're having. I tell parents, 
Parents and kids, you guys got to set as a priority family time every day. I want you guys to sit down and talk to one another because you, you've got to be in contact. You have to tell your children that I'm here. I don't know what's going on in your head, but, you know, let's sit down and talk. You know, what's, how, how's your day going? What's going on inside your head? Tell me if something is bothering you. You have to show them that you care and that you are willing to listen. And I think that's vital. So so parents, teenagers, and kids, we, we got to set even five or 10 minutes every day to just sit down and talk. It could be at family dinners, which I love, but it could just be getting together before bedtime and just saying, hey, let's just get together, you know, go down the row and just talk. You know, you heard the news, you see it on social media. How do you feel about it, guys? Kind of answering their question, yes. not just reassuring them blanketly with everything's fine, it's exactly. going to be okay. Exactly, because they're going to they're going to get their news from someone someone else. So, you want to know what's going on and sometimes parents say, "Ah, oh, you know, I didn't know my child was depressed or but that's because you're not communicating. You know, you have to be there daily for them. Are there ways that you could incorporate that into regular activity? Like I almost think a lot of times parents, they have to drive their kids to school. They have mm -hmm. to take them to various activities, going to sports activities yeah. or after school activities. There could be a rule in the car, no phones in the car. No phones in the car. the driver can't use the phone, right? Right. They shouldn't. And I call it windshield time. You know, and and if you're at the soccer game, if one of the kids are not around, sit down and talk to them. Like I said, turn off your phones. You guys don't need it 24-7. Oh, I'm such an addict with that. I've really got to work on that. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. And I'm here with Dr. Teresa Wee. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the creative projects that are featured in her book and ways in which people have found ways to address grief and move forward with it. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here with Dr. Teresa Wee. She is a physician in pediatrics of almost four decades. She's written an internationally renowned book, My COVID-19 Diary, and that's won some recent awards. Is that right? It's been featured at um, three recent book fairs, yes. Internationally. Internationally, yes, in Hong Kong, uh, and then San Diego recently, and then right now it's in the uh, Frankfurt uh, book fair. It's being featured. Fantastic. And you've also taken on another project, which has to do with using art as a medium yeah. to help with grief. Right. So again, um, we thought it was important to show the community um, that art can help you recover from grief. And, and so there, there are many different mediums of art, um, paint, watercolors, um, paper, um, someone actually did um, sculpturing. So for the non-artist, mm -hmm. what would be a simple project that they could do at home? 
you know, get a blank piece of paper. Okay, I'm stressed already. <laughs> you just said blank paper and I have to do something with it. Okay. But but you can just you can you can just write how you're feeling. You can you can do like circles. You know, or or if you're feeling happy, you can make flowers and sunshine. Very simple. If you're upset, you can get black and write it. I mean, if you if you can um just do what you're feeling at the time. Do it once a week. And it's so interesting. One lady, she actually would do something every day, and she showed us her book. And you can see how her emotions had changed over the years. Wow. So it went from dark to, you know, I think it, it's been many years, but she, she actually showed us her books. Um, she was one of our facilitators, but... Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a big paper. It could just be, you know, just a two-by-two two paper and just, just scribbling down how you're feeling. Could be small, could be illegible. You don't have to show it to other people. Right. <clears throat> and if it's therapeutic for you, continue to do it. Yeah, in fact, there was one project where we just wrote how you're feeling, angry, sad, tired. And then what we did is we got paint and we just painted over it. <laughs> okay. These are simple projects you could do at home. You need paper, maybe a pen, maybe crayons, mm -hmm. watercolors. What's one of the most exotic projects? So you had this group of people. You were getting together in the grief group. Everybody was using a different art medium that they chose. Was there something that was really detailed and fascinating to you? You know, <clears throat> I have to say that um, Many people don't realize how artistic they are, but there there are some drawings in here. I mean, these are non-artists, and and it's just some fantastic um, drawings. So, uh, you know, all I can say is, you know, there there are examples of sculpture, as I mentioned, and people using wire and different mediums. But again, find what you like. Uh, someone else did folding origami. So do you think that people could use these sorts of projects, not just going through grief, but just in general for any emotion that they're feeling? Or I think in this crazy world we're in, give it a try. You know, you, you kind of need an outlet. And if you keep it pent up, that's not good. So I, I think in if we are under stress and anxiety, you know, let it out. Let it out in a creative way. Is that what you tell some of your patients to do as well? Some of your, um, some of the kids. Not necessarily the kids, <laughs> but but definitely when when we talk about grief support and healing. But you know that's a good idea. I never thought about that. Well, and I think kids, you know, you give them a blank piece of paper and their mind lists twenty things they could do with it. I look at it and I go, I'm stressed. I need to produce something. There's got to be some sort of product yeah. for it. So, you know, maybe they'd have much more freedom yeah. and flexibility. But again, as the holidays are coming up, you know, it's okay. Feel feel everything you're feeling. Walk through those emotions. Um, you know, you you're going to you're going to remember your loved ones and that's that's a normal process. Um, it's okay to cry. You know, develop a new tradition for your loved one. Um, honor old traditions. I think most of all, stay in the moment, you know, just, you know, you're alive, um, appreciate, be grateful for, 
the role that, that your loved one played, whether it be a mom, a dad. Sometimes it can even be a pet because pets are part of our family. So, you know, just take care of yourself. I always tell people, you know, grief work is hard work. And in order to get through it, we need to really have self-care. And so eat healthy, get enough sleep, stay hydrated, exercise a little, get vitamin D, you know, just simple things. Um, try to de-stress. And, and again, so these are good ways to de-stress is, is really through your hands, through creating something. I tell people you can also cook, you know, that's, that's creating something. I cook. I, I make so much food, I don't know who to give it to. <laughs> well, apparently the grief support group, because yeah. <laughs> you went and they had some food, which would have made me open the door and say, what's for dinner? So where can people find some of the, I, see, I have this beautiful book I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Where can people find some of the pictures in this book? You said it was at an art gallery? Yeah, it's at Downtown Art Center Gallery. So it, it's right in the heart of downtown. The book over there is for sale, $35 plus tax. Um, How about the COVID-19 diary? My COVID-19 diary is on Amazon. It's, um, you know, so I think many people have said it has really helped them um, understand their emotions um, while they were going through it, and it brought comfort to them. Um, I talk about practical tips, and there's a daily scripture um, to give to give people comfort. And um, the other thing is you can come to my nonprofit, Walk With a Doc. I'm, I'm at Central Oahu Regional Park every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. I do a new health tip every week. So I've been talking about grief. Um, I talked about just on Saturday how to increase your immune system. Um, the week before, I talked about the importance of curiosity. So we always have a fun health tip. And you're getting outside, you're interacting with other people, Yes. check box on the social activity, check on the vitamin D, getting out in the sun, and getting some activity yeah. to improve and your body. And this Saturday, I have a free craft with a doc. Now so. that scares me already, craft with a doc. So, okay. so we're going to be- Why should I not be scared? Well, what are we're you going to do? We're going to be making tissue flowers. It's completely free. Supplies are given. I'm going to feed you. We have spaghetti and shrimp curry on the menu. It's it's a free event in Mililani. You can call my office if you're interested in coming. But I would love to see all of you listeners out there. Well, and you, you, tissue flowers sounds less intimidating yes. than my usual worry. It, w it was such a, a big, um, everyone loved it. Everyone made at least three or four flowers. And we're going to have them in fall colors. Beautiful. Well, and I think that aspect of using your hands, creating something, yes. but then also adding some color to life, yeah. adding some sort of interesting visual entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So all ages, even my walk, all ages, all fitness levels, if you just need to take that first step, just, just come out. Even if you're in a walker, wheelchair, canes, just come out and let's connect. There's a pace for everybody? yes. And Everyone. what you do is perfect for you. Yeah. Well, I, I really do admire some of the hard work that you put into creating mm -hmm. the COVID-19 diary. I think mm -hmm. we're all still kind of, it, it's almost in the background, but not really yeah. because of a lot of the things that 
everybody are still dealing with yeah. with the changes in their lifestyle. I can barely remember what it was like in 2020 when everything shut down. And yet here we are still dealing and reeling in the aftermath of that and looking forward to try and find ways to continue yeah. to communicate, be with our friends, be with our family. And yeah. as you mentioned, appreciate being alive in the now. I definitely want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today here on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. And we'll see you next week as we do every week on Mondays right here on The Body Show. We'll talk more about some health topics and things that will hopefully help to keep you happy, healthy, and wise. We'll see you again next Monday right here on The Body Show. Woo!